welcome to the Book Talkies podcast, a unique show where we take you into the wonderful world of books. On this platform, I, Anirudh, and I, Kaustub, will be conversing about the books we have read and come to love. Our purpose for this podcast is to make you fall in love with books. As we discuss our perspective on some bestsellers and hidden treasures, we hope to persuade our listeners to join us on this splendid journey of reading. And now, let's dig right in. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening and welcome to yet another exciting episode of The Book Talkies. The book that we are going to talk about today is called The Art of Thinking Clearly. It is written by Rolf Dobelli. Say you would be fooled when you look at the cover of the book. It's a very simple cover, probably uh, a golden circle and the art of thinking clearly is written at the center of the circle. So my perception of this book when I when I uh, started my research was it will help me declutter my mind, prioritize my work and make me more productive. But ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a very big, big surprise. And this is a kind of book which is slightly controversial and that's where you need a friend to converse with. I got in touch with a really dear friend of mine after a lot of, after almost a decade. And he is, he has been very kind enough to accept my invitation to be on the podcast. So without any further ado, let me introduce my dear friend, Nachiket, who is also based in Germany. And so Nachiket, welcome to the Book Talkies. Thanks for having me, Kostub. It's my pleasure to be here. Mate, you have suggested a very, very unique book. So thank you for that. I, I know we are doing this recording over video, but our podcast uh, uh, and the listeners will not be able to see it. But uh, guys, the way I could, when I visited Nachiket's house, you know, and, and the library that you see behind him, we actually spent almost three, four hours in that place itself, going through book by book, because we found our reading habits so similar. Certain books like, which are, which you do not find anywhere, right? Like, um, the Almanac of Naval Rabbi Khan, then Ayn Rand, and of course, Mark Manson's books. Uh, these are these are very common books which which on which Nachiket, you and I connected, right? I mean, yes. I remember our conversation there. Absolutely. And the best part of these books is somehow these social behavior books or the psychology books are somehow intertwined. They are connected. When you try to read, when you read one book, you kind of correlate something else from another book. So you're saying about say Naval Ravikant and yeah. he has uh, one of the famous uh, quotes or saying that instead of reading 1000 books, I prefer to read 100 books and try to sink in that entire knowledge within me. And these are somehow coherent to the other things like from this book, the art of thinking yeah. clearly, why you need that thought process so clear? Yeah. Why yeah. is mental clarity so important? Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, before we go to the book, Nachiket, I would I know you personally, but our audience doesn't. Please introduce yourself, Nachiket. <laughs> For sure, I am from India, and since last eight years, I've moved to Germany. I studied mechanical engineering, and then moved to IT, and now a little bit into the finance area. And within all these years, 
I, I tried to do many versatile things. So I was, my mind was always clustered with many things. I wanted to do sports. So I started, I picked up basketball and I was doing swimming. There's a lot. I contributed in a band, which I formed uh, at organization level or in the colleges. Yeah, I, I remember. Guitar there. So th- there were so many things. And uh, if I have to reflect back within the last 10, 15 years, there is a lot of mess that I did, you know, because I wanted to have all my fingers in different areas, sports, music, reading, you know, uh, charisma or everything, uh, parenting, all these things. And since last six years, now I have two kids. So the priorities change a little bit, but still yeah. things going on in the background. Fantastic. Being a parent myself, I know it's one of the questions that our bachelor friends would ask. Hey, dude, how do you find time to read books? So the, the I'll throw back the question to you. I just have one kid and he's still at the kindergarten age. You have two. And I met both of those very sweet um, ladies, very, very active. And with such active two kids, how do you get time to read and keep yourself motivated and keep reading? It may not be only for reading, but for any other thing that somehow I try to decide, be it reading or be it uh, like a full or half marathon that I want to achieve as an event. Yeah. There is one quote that I wrote on the, my whiteboard in the office room, which says, excuses sounds good only to the person who makes it. If I want to make an excuse, Kaustup, to you, you know, I have two kids. I don't have much time. Fine, dude. It's okay. Get up at 4 a.m., 4, 4.30, 30 minutes, 15 minutes for anything. And this quote, I have always kept it. Now it's not any uh, more written, but I always try to say this to also my elder daughter when she's going to sports and she's like, Daddy, I cannot do this and everything. Excuses. They might sound okay to you, but for me, they don't. It's a little bit harsh for any kid, for anyone. But I think I felt that's a kind of a reality. And keeping this in my mind, if I want to say, no, I don't have much time to read these days. No. But I have time to watch TV. I have time to uh, uh, navigate through the social media. And then plan your day accordingly. Powerful, mate. Powerful. Quite powerful. Yeah. Totally on board. Yeah, agreed. So, agreed. Uh, like, like these days, uh, because I have a half marathon event coming up next weekend, so I'm also trying to do my regular running practices and everything. Now, if someone comes to me and say, you know, actually, um, it's quite difficult for me to schedule any uh, fitness or cardio activities. Yeah. And then, you know, for me as a person, I was like, okay, I do have two kids. Families, yeah. I love the family life, but if I'm able to do it, you know, I just cannot buy in your excuse. So that's why excuses. Fantastic. I like, I like yeah. you that you live by that quote and like in real life example, you live by that quote. Yeah. At least, at least I try to do so. Um, and that's why for me personally, a milestone, at least a small milestone or a goal in front of me helps me really a lot, be it for such an event for health. So keeping a marathon event in the month of April and October, it keeps me a little bit on the cardio fitness and yeah. say differently about the books. When I started the reading habit, it used to be yeah. a little bit less a number of books per year and then gradually making my target better. And yeah. as we are already saying, you know, maybe one of the things that I could share that has personally benefited me in the habit of reading yeah. Yeah, is yeah. I, I try to read at least one page. That's it. The rule is read only one page every day and that's it do not there was a time i i, I used to think in a way let's say 300 pages book 
uh, 50 pages per day six days one week should be enough yeah. but 50 pages is too much uh, yeah. when you are in the beginning maybe you don't have time work commitments of course everyone has it but just before going to bed one page and that's it and you know when you when you read one page you just cannot stop at one page there are always couple of pages more Agreed. and you go into it so that's the rule one page per day and Agreed. it helps. i think it makes wonders. i think that's that's the that's the atomic habits influence in you speaking isn't it yeah like yeah. <laughs> see that these books are so intertwined and uh, they also yeah. do, of course a reference but uh, they help and they have helped me personally a lot and i try yeah. to stick to this i mean sometimes of course you go off the routine but it's okay what you need is to come back to that routine rather than not just giving up and that's what i try Correct. to do i mean i i believe i i believe so atomic habits as a book also helped me improve my reading habit as well i i'm more of a kindle reader because my son he's like he's the 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 destroyer you know of my family whatever is breakable whatever is terrible <laughs> i can i can i can I mean, it will not last in my house so i moved to kindle and now i'm glued to my kindle in such a way that even though if i'm standing in a queue to buy my coffee or even though if i'm stepping out for 2 minutes to to get something i'll always i'll actually forget my phone but i'll i will always have my kindle in my pocket and if i'm standing in the line i'll just read two three lines i'm there i'll, I'll buy something while walking back if the book is so interesting i'll keep reading it while even while i'm walking so it's i, I mean it, it to coming back to your point you can't keep down if a book the a book or after reading just one page so i'm also at that stage where i can't keep down i i need to that's that's my go to um activity you know wherever i get free time but so but, fantastic i think i think that's we we are remembering our last meet the way we reconnected for our yes. love for books um i i now I, i would i would want to bring back the 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 book that you asked mm-hmm. and that you suggested to to um uh, do this episode on the yes. art of thinking clearly i would really want to know um how did you get to know about this book i mean through recommendations and at certain stages you you generally pick up certain books right at certain life stages or certain certain instances for example i can tell you the reason i picked up atomic habits was i wanted to start meditating and i wanted to make it as a habit and that's why i thought okay i need i need a habit oriented book and that's why it just helped me tremendously my question would be what was the influence behind it and why did you pick this book up Mm-hmm. This book was a recommendation to me from a from a friend of mine during our MBA okay. days in Manheim okay. Business School, and uh, we both also used to share a lot about the psychological platforms. So when we were discussing about these things, about which book has helped you more and more, and then we we both were also into the sports activities. So he's much more uh, into the triathlon things. but i just also wanted to see you know i also want to try to do this uh, how do you manage to do all these things and i felt this person is so sorted i, I mean he is an entrepreneur he has his own company he's not even like a job eight hour job and still wow. yet he's able to do all these things and uh, i used to always feel this so he he recommended try reading this book uh, and this book is more of a mental clarity so people who might have clear milestones and goals but they are not sure how do they want to approach it 
so that's why you know this thinking clearly quote or the book name is about the mental clarity so yeah. a lot of people think uh, talk about the importance of a positive mindset but you know for yeah. this i have believe that clear mindset is also a key to success because the journey is more important than the destination so you need right. to have that clear mindset also and so much of our brain space gets wind up when when you're not sure who we are and what we want mental right. clarity is the best thing to bring certainty and this is where this topic also influenced me and as you also mentioned in the beginning of this podcast mm. this book mm. is no self help you won't see motivation thing you know take proper step by step you won't yeah. do that after reading and understanding you you would know the way you think and the way you do certain things so this book will just make you uh, or give you some good examples how not to think very irrationally the how book, not yeah. to think very irrationally okay not to think okay not yeah. to think that's why i know yeah. as we were saying it's not a very positive approach but it's a negative of a negative so yeah. <laughs> we are already on the negative path but how you can avoid that negative part so in a way it of course in line when you read between the lines it gives you a really positive message how can you make your day better yeah the way uh, rolf uh, has written this book is very interesting two three pages per chapter number of chapters is huge but there are just two pages or two to three pages per chapter right yes i've never heard of such like very precise very concise chapter division uh for for a book per se yeah yeah that that's the beauty of this that's why it's one of my book that i will always keep in my at least work bag or my vacation bag because okay wherever you are you just open this book anywhere and you are in that chapter independent to any other chapters you don't need to have any background or nothing three pages okay. five minutes not even more and yeah. the way the author has put examples and illustrations they are at times so hilarious as well that you that it is uh, very exciting to read more and more and to understand and then to even reflect oh it's like oh my god i really do all these things i don't even see they are so small things they may yeah. not have a major or huge impact but as we do these things daily they might yeah. have okay mind if i ask you certain examples which you maybe have followed or have seen oh definitely i mean amongst these 99 what the author has mentioned there are so many that i are still being followed but uh, now the first one that comes to my mind is the social proof bias okay and and uh, to cite an example is let's say if you are going to a concert a music concert and as the way you are walking to the concert you see 10 to 12 people standing and looking up in the sky the first thing that happens to us is we stop and we also start looking up in the sky obviously social yeah. behavior bias okay yeah. next step we'll come to the outcome and everything later second step you go you are inside the concert the guitarist or any musician expert starts his solo and one person in the audience starts clapping entire audience starts clapping yeah social social proof bias after the program you come outside to take your coat and in the queue as you're standing you see every person in front of you keeping one euro coin while taking up the coat what happens is you also take out one euro and give it to him although it's not mentioned anywhere but you do it social proof bias so I mean thousands of years ago while hunting this was very important for human you know uh, you uh, that man or human in that age could not think oh it's a lion perhaps high protein no he was a social behavior he had to run away yeah. we are direct heirs of those who copied others behavior we are directly descendants from that here 
so yeah. that social proof is into the blood and generation descendants every time so the social proof is something that we un unnoticeably tend to follow i mean now the way author says is not only negative sometimes yeah. it is also very helpful like if you are in a new city and you are hungry yeah yeah and uh, you are in the market area you don't know where to eat hmm. what happens is you look to the restaurants and uh, one which is a little bit crowded you go there you know yeah highly likely the food is much better and in short you copy the locals behavior you know that you're copying yeah. their behavior yeah. even the comedy and talk show they use they make use of this canned laughter to incite the audience to laugh you know to make right. them laugh more so it's a social proof advertising industry they benefit super duper from the weakness of social proof behavior of a human and these i mean there are so many things that uh, we can see in our daily life and yeah. Rolf, at the end of this chapter also says you know to overcome this try to be skeptic question if the company says its product is better try to question how okay. and, and yeah and remember you know if 50 million people say something foolish it is still foolish <laughs> actually right so this social thing i mean social proofing what happens is that little bit correlates to another books where say daniel kahneman he has written in his book thinking fast and slow your fast brain is really fast and it helps you make comfortable decisions yeah. what uh, he daniel kahneman also says use your cognitive mind also to ask the questions but our body when it uses the cognitive brain it yeah. consumes more energy and we tend not to use a lot of energy and these topics also what rolf dabeli mentioned are instinct uh, are making your cognitive mind question okay which might help you make better decisions so that's just one of them but there are so many such examples that he has given beautifully in the book has it happened to you that you have started noticing these biases or these foolish activities that we generally do and you have started rectifying yourself by any chance has it happened to you it uh, i've started at least uh, in a way of uh, i clearly remember about the digital things as an example yeah. when you see people being uh, totally into say ipads and having these gadgets sitting outside in uh, say cafes and i was really asking the question to myself do i really need one when i go outside do i need a screen and everything so socially people do all these things uh, have say fancy watch i mean i, I did this but yeah. i am so much tied to it i also sometimes cannot uh, ignore this and i fall prey to it like even okay. i have a digital watch to do all these yeah. things but do i really need it maybe no I, i used to have a phone i used to put it on my arm and even before i didn't have that all i need to do for running is just run around but just run. all these things yeah. yes but with this social proof and then you see some uh, some of your friends are doing this and yeah you also want to do it but i feel you know asking this question it has helped me sometimes it does help me during when we go out for shopping and we want to buy some say, new house beautiful furniture yeah no it helps to take a step back what i did is not exactly asking the question but uh, one of the rule i kind of made for myself is if i want to buy something and i feel yeah. if i see really a thing which is say more than 200 euros i will not buy it today okay i will look for it tomorrow because today i am super energetic maybe i will go for it but i will just wait a day over the night you know that's why i say you sleep with it yeah if it's the same next day it's a good decision but if not so although i am attracted to all these things i'm not able to control 
but i took another step on it how i could try to avoid at least on the shopping area that's fascinating i i can tell you my my personal example as well right so we, you you play guitar i'm kind of an amateur drummer and if you remember we converse about the 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 virtual drumming sticks that we get right and when 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 i got to know about it i i was like going through a lot of youtube videos a lot of reviews etc etc and i was thinking i will buy it you know it will be super fun i'll get i'll i'll make time to play with it i'll play with my son i will get him introduced to drums etc etc but then the way the way you said you know i just i just took a step back i just told myself okay what else do you have what else do you have to prioritize you have to prioritize your work you have to prioritize your health your family your podcast and of course your reading so you're already days packed even though you like what you want to do as your as your project b your day is packed with all the things that you're passionate about which of these things can you compromise nothing at the moment i'm still focusing on growing my podcast so podcast will take more time books will never go away family time never goes away work has to stay health has to stay so it's bad it's when when certain things are like in a in a, in the in the automated fashion right mm-hmm. you know where okay you, you maybe my son is slightly older and he's slightly more independent or the podcast uh, i have a team to help help me out etc etc that's where maybe i can introduce myself for my love for drumming right so i i took a decision of not buying it and i think it was a right decision yeah it was a right decision so i i fantastic i i relate to this example pretty well in in yeah. your in your work nachiket uh, in in your work anything so i i i'm i'm very i'm prey to my to do lists okay mm-hmm. almost 100% of the time i have never completed 100% of my to do list for the day yeah mm-hmm. i guarantee you i have never completed it have have you have you faced that have you faced such a challenge by any chance and is yeah. something like that relevant really pointed out in the book absolutely it is so relevant and rolf yeah. has written a chapter only for you kostu which is called <laughs> as a plan, plan, planning policy i mean the planning okay. policy it um, describes our tendency to underestimate the amount of time it will take to complete the task as well as the cost and the risks associated be it for anything so in the book i think he has mentioned an example of the sydney opera which was okay. estimated to be done within 7 million dollars uh, and okay. within the period of 7 uh, years but it took 20 years to be built and instead of 7 million it should it up up to 100 millions yeah the cost so that is about the planning policy that everyone we fall prey to it i hope so i hope so i mean, i i believe with the with the tricks or with the techniques that i know you know that 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 that, that quadrant technique you know focus on important and urgent activities yes. and map it with the pomodoro technique i don't know if you know about pomodoro like 25 minutes focused work 5 minutes break then 25 minutes focus work 5 yeah. minutes break and then you know break down your activities into blocks i mean i have tried everything but somehow nothing is sticking so probably yeah. it's it's very important that i'll just pick up that chapter of the yeah. book and i'll 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 read that yeah. great i i i wanted it, to know if there is something like that in the book i mean yeah. you know the other chapters also maybe they follow in a sequence i don't remember but yeah. as you fall prey to a planning deficit some some other other way it has yeah. some repercussions in your what he calls as a sunk cost policy yeah. is okay. also in your professional work environment many times 
or sometimes i wouldn't say be optimistic sometimes only a project has started and you see it ain't meeting the targets the goals it yeah. is not meeting it uh, but the time yeah. spent money spent the resources spent everything is put up a lot yeah but it is not meeting up the company or the organization still goes on with it even though if it won't give you now the expected behavior it is a sunk yeah. cost policy it is something where you have to try to put up a stop somewhere i mean very simple or easy example is planning deficit and a sunk cost policy is you buy a movie ticket for 30 euros mm-hmm. and within 10 minutes say you and your wife are together and you realize oh it's a crap movie i just cannot tolerate it and you say you know i want to move out but say your wife says no we have paid 30 euros let's sit and watch it sunk cost policy you sit back and until the end the the money is gone now what is yeah. going is the also time so when your planning goes a little bit hey you have to also see what is the sunk cost of about it so yeah. this rational decision making requires you to forget about the cost in order to date no matter how much you have already invested yeah only your assessment of the future cost and the benefit that that is going to count to you so these are some things you know that correlate to what happens uh, planning sunk cost and the decisions we sometimes tend to follow someone who has been highly successful but we do not see the progress that the person has made we have no idea about what no the idea. person has done in the background sometimes there yeah. is a luck factor also so these are such uh, hilariously covered illustrations also giving example of uh, monkeys of what happens if a monkeys are asked to invest in a share market let's say 1 million monkeys are asked to invest in a stock so they all invest 50% make loss 50% make profit Uh, within a week so in one week the 50% who make profit are asked to do it again so again 50% move out and 50% go ahead after 10 weeks say only 1000 are remaining the process still goes on and after 10 more weeks only one remains and he is a billionaire this monkey because he has he has made profit since the first time at the end what happens is now the media comes and media says maybe there is something different with this monkey maybe he is banana in a different way or maybe he sits in a different side of a cage we have no idea and we just uh, should not look at the final result and start to do analysis about that monkey only we have no idea if there are some certain factors which you have no control about you should think hmm. about it so what and how you should look about it is in one of the chapters which i would definitely uh, say uh, that we should see because it is it is very core, uh, it is very relevant to us we you know uh, looking at the ceo of say google what a successful person we are looking only at the outcome yeah but what about the journey or what about the journey of millions of people who tried to be the similar entrepreneur or uh, maybe some different entrepreneur yeah. is it the symmetries you know we should be at the symmetries there are so many stories which are so similar to other successful stories i'm i'm mixing up i'm giving you hints about all different chapters that rolf has mentioned you know visiting the cemetery what information you will get there why does media does not cover there why news watching news could be very harmful for you remarkable and all these things and yeah. these things will just help you make more clear decision i mean it is not easy for anyone to right away step into a new age where saying you know okay from tomorrow i'm not going to watch any news no newspaper no uh, pop ups on your phone 
no watching tv or for news it might be difficult for one person but if you just think when was the last time when a certain news that came to you it could be about you know maybe uh, it was about some attacks in some part of the world or something yeah. that happened but that news has helped you in making a decision so the author or the people who have studied this they asked thousands and thousands of people ask him them in the last 2 years they might have received 10000 news notification how many of these have helped you making a cognitive good decision for your daily life hardly few could say one or two news were helpful uh-huh. for them making a decision and rolf dobelli himself he said for 3 years i did not watch any news no news at all and it had no impact on me nothing so news was a kind of a product that was created few centuries ago by us and uh, it's not really so much positive i mean the way he say i i got really influenced with him and if news would have been really so much important the journalist would have been at the top of the pyramid but actually it's not the case journalists are not super at the top but in fact they are at the bottom they are not super paid or super rich people you know so that way when someone is putting up facts and numbers it uh, in yeah it instigates you to think more and more about it wow i have i think uh, uh, what rolf is doing has done with this book is he has shattered all these the, the so called normal activities of or normal influence influential activities of our daily life yeah. and he is he's kind of breaking it down and uh, going back to one of your points you mentioned right you just question this why how how is it helping why is it necessary why is this successful so he's kind of shattering those policies one of the last questions you, you mentioned that in your in your statement do you believe in luck <laughs> there there are two answers to this okay you know why i say i, I do believe that there okay. is some kind of a luck which gives sometimes surprising results for you which you were not anticipating but you somehow still succeed i do believe in that okay but what i also want to say is if someone has an exam or someone has a, a job to do i refrain best of luck to him but i you know say uh, uh-huh. best wishes or because there is also one side of me the hard pushing person who says luck is for losers but uh-huh. i do believe luck is an element that plays a very surprise role in your daily life uh, not daily life but at least it gives you an surprise element there maybe maybe if if i put it in 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 percentage terms what you're saying is it has to be 98% effort plus your grit plus your passion for whatever you do whatever you do but to meet uh, or to make you achieve certain things the 2% of luck is necessary is is if i would put it that way yes yes exactly and this is some things that you cannot control and it comes from a outside uh, environment which is somehow uh, influencing this fact so luck is something yeah. that you cannot create but yeah the environment does it for you and you get super benefit out of it so i mean the lottery lottery is a luck there is someone who wins a lottery he gets a lot yeah. of money or gets rich but there is no hard work behind so if say if i am not well kostup i say kostup can you please bring me uh, a ticket of a lottery you go to the shop and you fill up a number for me and i say oh kostup why did you fill up the number i wanted to put the number it does not change the probability of me winning still it's a number it's a chance it's a luck if if it strikes oh, amazing I, i believe someone will be 
lucky in such a case but there cannot be any hard work or study to win from such a luck or a lottery agreed agreed i can't even debate with you because i i i kind of relate to what you where you are coming from and i also almost um in you know would have put my thought as well in in the same fashion but this this conversation has been has been remarkable uh, and i think thanks for this i um i remember in in our when we were not recording you said that there were quite a few recommendations that rolf gives in the book so i wanted to know um and this would be truly the last question yes definitely i mean uh, the one that comes at the back of my mind is a book called the influence and i have it okay. here it is from okay. an author called robert caldini okay and influence is about how can you make your overall persona better to be more influential so with citing some examples that rolf has given in a book that case was about the hari krishna group in some of the okay. airports i don't know if you have heard about it but many years ago these people used to be on the airport giving a flower to just going a passenger and a passenger who is in hurry would just uh, wouldn't understand what to do and they would say oh it's for free you don't have to pay for it and the person would be like oh okay it's a flower it's a good gesture makes me happy but he takes it then happens two things first of all the person who is boarding a flight doesn't know what to do with that flower so yeah. he at somewhere ahead he would see there is a huge basket that has flowers and he will just politely keep it there and somewhere he will also see a kind of a donation or someone person from this institution would say you know we would like to have some donation you know this one of the fallacy that has been mentioned if someone has done something for you your mind is kind of already making you push to also to do something for the other person like let's say if you invite someone to the dinner the other person also feels oh no i should also invite the same person that reciprocity bias and this study was cited by rolf tobeli where um robert robert caldini he has done a lot of research and it was so fascinating also to re- read about it so when i just did a review or was looking about this book i found it really fascinating and that was the next one that apart it's called influence and uh, it's one of the other recommendation I, that i would also say after this book yes. to read i mean i cannot give justice honestly when i say after this book i am no right person to say which is the best book and which is the second best no all of them are best it really depends on what is your environment how much time and what is the mood i i love this book because it is just a pocket book you keep it with you as you saying to a coffee just read two three pages one chapter done that's why i love it but the other ones like uh, he has also mentioned about uh, pulled by ran- randomness by nasim talib yeah. who was who yeah. was who was the only person who could predict 2008 um the financial downfall yeah amongst the million economists we have in the world not even they were able to except for nasim talib who who did the forecast so he has also recommended that book thinking fast and slow i mean i can, do not remember all of them but there are so many such books and what they do is these books are all fact or study driven they are not guesswork and although we cannot see this but when you read all through these books you get a good insight fascinating i ha- oh i i love this i love this as episode nachike thank you for bringing this book uh, you know suggesting this book for this episode um it's not it's it's very unusual right it's very unusual and i i think uh, that would be a key takeaway to our audience as well um, the way nachike explained this guys it's 
you will also fall prey to bucketing this book into the self help genre and productivity genre but it is counter intuitive to it right if i if i can put it in in those fashion but a fascinating read i i i'm i'm sure um, it would be i will definitely going to i'm going to add this to my reading list now um once again thank you nachiket for explaining the the crux of the book and not really giving everything away but the way it has helped you the way it has influenced you you know in in your daily life thank you for sharing your life, personal life examples as well thanks kaustu for having me it was my pleasure to be here on the sunday morning lovely i loved it i loved our conversation thanks for thank that thank you thank you very much and thank you guys for tuning in this brings us to the end of this episode of the book talkies thanks for listening in if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to our podcast and help us spread the word we would truly appreciate any feedback that you may have so please use the link in the description to leave your comments thanks again see you in the next episode till then happy reading